Welcome back, bookish people. It is your host, Liz, and this is E-Reads Podcast, the place where I discuss authorship, books, and all things creativity. On this episode of the E-Reads Podcast, Bob Gonzalez joins me to discuss how he turned his passion of fishing into his first story. Bob was raised in northeastern Pennsylvania, where the most popular sport is whitetail deer hunting. He played college baseball at East Stroudsburg University in the 1980s, where every March he would travel to Florida for spring training. After college, he moved to Florida permanently and began to indulge in his love of deep sea fishing the stories of which became the inspiration for A Flicker in the Waters. So, before we hear more about Bob and his passion for fishing, here is a quick ad before we jump right into the episode. Hey, puzzle people. I am here to tell you about Wongo puzzles. They are 100% wooden puzzles they'll last forever. Each piece is hand drawn so no two pieces are the same and you'll discover some fun whimsy pieces as you work through it. They come in a custom wooden box that is perfect for storage and gifting. Some of the designs include animals, some that look like abstract art, buildings, nature. They have whatever you are into so definitely check them out. With stunning designs and unique shapes, Wongo puzzles are a cut above the rest. I loved doing the snow globe puzzle myself. It was great to pull out a puzzle and be done in a night and not have it on the table for a week. So what are you waiting for? Go to wongopuzzles.com and pick your puzzle today and be sure to use the promo code EREADSPOD10 to get 10% off your order. This is the most fun you've had with a puzzle guaranteed or your money back. Go to W-O-N-G-O puzzles.com and use the code EREADSPOD10, that's E-R-E-A-D-S-P-O-D-10, to get 10% off your order and get puzzling right now. All right, so welcome, Bob. How are you doing today? Hi, Liz. How are you? I'm doing good. So uh, welcome to the podcast. I love to welcome everyone with what I like to call a bookish question. Mm-hmm. So my question for you is, um, where is your favorite place to, uh, to to write, right? Like, do you have like a, a favorite writing nook or a place that you like to be when you're writing and creating or does anywhere work for you? I actually like um, different places. Um, sometimes I like it in the house, right in front of the computer. Other times on a park bench or outside. You know, So I, I'm pretty variable like that. Cool. And like, have you ever written on like a boat or by the water? Because your book is all about water. <laughs> by the water, yeah. Uh, not on a boat. Yeah, it's too hard to steady the pen. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Kind of got some rocking going on. And so can you share with us a little bit about your your novel, A a Flicker in the Water? What is that about? Well, A Flicker in the Water is a collection of sea adventure stories, um, many of them my own. 
there's fiction and nonfiction in the book. Um, the title of the book was inspired by uh, a battle we had with what we think was a yellow fin tuna. It may have been a blue oh, fin man. tuna. We don't know. Uh, but that's where the book title was inspired by a fight with the tuna in the Gulf of Mexico. Wow. Okay. So, okay. Tell me more. So you said your book is a mix of nonfiction and fiction, right? So there's some real, there's some non-real. What was that process about? Like, so like, why did you mix the two? Well, because I wanted to, I think it kind of like captured the whole essence of what our oceans are about. Uh, I talked about Poseidon, who's the god of the sea in Greek mythology and what uh, he has meant through the oceans and through the ages. And then I figured I, I mixed that in with some of my own stories. And I, there's actually some history stories there about Christopher Columbus and different things like that, too. So how did you choose? Like, how did this start? How did you take your 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 love or your passion for the ocean and say, I'm, I'm going to make this into a novel? Well, uh, I figured, you know, it's something very interesting that people would enjoy. I, I think I did it in a way that's kind of unique blending fiction and nonfiction instead of just yeah. one long story. It's a collection of stories, but they all tie together. Like they, they fit to the pieces like a puzzle. And um, I just thought it was a kind of unique thing to do. And I wanted to do it. And here I am. <laughs> you know, I think that's always like an interesting struggle, right? So I was, I was talking with some friends earlier and, you know, as the writer, as the author, right? It's like you have a vision and you want to do it and you think about your audience, you know, and what they might need. Is that ever a struggle? Like how how did you navigate between this is the story I want to tell versus, you know, are people going to read it? Like what was that like to kind of decide what side to lead on, lean on? I've uh, read some of the um, classic books uh, like Old Man in the Sea and Gulliver's Travels and things like that. And um, I think, and I've, I've also read quotes from some writers to say, as a writer, you want to seek to be understood, uh, have the audience understand right? You know, when you're writing. So I took those tips and I kind of put my own twist on it. And that's how I developed my style. Oh, I, I love that because I think, you know, sometimes being a new writer or like, you know, just being, you know, entering in, into the writing a book, sometimes it's just like there's so much information and what do you do with it? Yeah. And so, I, yeah, like I like how you talked about you, you took what resonated with you, these tips, and then you blended it into your style. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you can learn a lot by just, you know, getting little things here and there and then making them your own. Mm. Mm. Um, is that also kind of like lessons of the water? So like when you're on, you know, whether you're fishing or whatever, you know, you kind of got to listen to your own intuition. Is, is there any similarities there? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to write just a book about fishing or how to catch fish. I wanted to make a, a little bit of a of art to it. Yeah. I wanted, yeah. Like uh, some of the phrases in the writing and stuff. I wanted to make it more like a, a writer would write rather than... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like a manual or something. I wanted yeah. to make it more of a novel than a manual. Let's put it that way. Nice. And yeah. question for you. So like, it seems like you, you're really passionate about this and it seems like, you know, you really knew you wanted to tell this story in a way that engaged people and it didn't feel like a manual. What if there's someone out there and they're just like, ah, I'm really passionate about, we'll say the, the water, right? But what if they're feeling doubtful that this is a story? Like, what for you, you know, let you know, like, there's a story here? 
Well, um, like I said, I go back to the older books and I see what works for you know certain writers. And uh, I said, if, if it works for them, it could work for me too. <laughs> You know, I absolutely, you know, again, like in, in talking to some people, right, there's you you read a book or a story and you're either inspired by how it's written or you're not. And you're like, I can do this. <laughs> I yeah. can write something. Yeah. yeah. Every, most writers, I would say every writer is inspired by other writers. Yeah, you absolutely. Know. Yeah. Uh, are Is there stories that kind of come to mind that you were inspired by or that like really helped you through this process? Well, I always enjoyed The Odyssey by Homer. That's a real, yeah, old ancient book. Um, modern times, I like uh, The Old Man in the Sea by Ernest Hemingway. I oh, thought I got them, a lot of inspiration from that book. Yeah. Oh, those are some really good picks. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a point where you were writing, where you felt felt doubtful and just like thought you couldn't do it? Oh, yeah, a, a couple of times. But you, you have to push through those moments. There's always doubt that creeps in. But uh, it's just like when you're fishing, you know, like and I talk about that in the book. If you fight through the frustration, you know, eventually you'll get your reward. Oh, I love that. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because and yeah, because when you are fishing, sometimes you're out there. You yeah. can't see below the surface. Yeah. But you just have to believe that there's something under yeah. there. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so tell us a little bit more because you have an interesting cover on your book. Yeah. Um, so can you, you know, for those who are seeing the visual, can you show it to us? Sure. Sure. This is the, the cover right here. Yeah. And so like, tell us, what is what is that? Is that a real fish? What is that? It's a Goliath grouper. The um, Goliath the grouper is the biggest of all the groupers. It's yeah. by far the biggest. Uh, they can grow up to seven, eight hundred pounds. Um, Stop it. Really? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is, though, they're not in real deep water. In Florida, you can catch them in a hundred, un, less than 100 feet of water, which is shallow, really? you know, under bridges and pilings and things like that. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. They were endangered there for a while, but they've made a tremendous comeback. They That's um, fish yeah. has made a comeback. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> they're very plentiful now. Um, yeah, there's, there's tons of different groupers. We used to catch uh, gag groupers, copper belly groupers, snowy groupers, strawberry groupers. I mean, there's tons of them. <laughs> Warsaw groupers. But yeah, I'll show it again. This is the uh, Goliath grouper. Yeah. So for y'all who don't have like the, the, the video, it is this huge Goliath grouper. And you have these nice colors, like the green and the blue, which almost makes you feel like you're on the water. Mm-hmm. Um did you immediately know that this was going to be the cover? Like, what was that process like for you? I immediately knew when I saw this picture, I want this for my cover. I thought it was a little bit uh, odd, so to speak, you know, in a way. But I said, you know, this is really nice. I like it. So I put it on there on the cover. And I, I just, I love it. <laughs> I love it. It came for, it's a um, a replica in an aquarium. It's, it's uh, like a design. Yeah. Yeah. That is, again, it, it kind of, again, all goes back to going back to where your passion is, right? Like, I think sometimes in this writing process, you you get stuck. But like, if you go back to like what it, you know, what you really love, that can really help navigate you through the different storms and different battles. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, if you love it, you know, it sticks with you through thick and thin. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And 
um, kind of as as we're we're wrapping up here, and in what word would you leave to to young writers or those who might be stuck in this process? Write what you love. If you love it, you'll find a way. And I think that will be conveyed to your readers, too. If you love something and put it down on paper, your readers will love it, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, I, I, you know, I, I meet with some friends in the morning and we chat and we were Fridays. We kind of just chat about writing topics and we had gotten to that a little bit about passion. And I do. I think it comes through on the pages when you love something because you get excited about it and like Definitely. it just comes out yeah. on the pages. And so like that yeah. is really interesting. Yeah. And as a writer, one of the most gratifying things is when you're writing and the ideas are flowing and you see them growing on the page. I I, t- I I compare that to watering a flower. You know, you pour the water on it and you see the flower grow. And I mean, it's yeah. a tremendous feeling. I love it. Absolutely. And like for those who are inspired hearing your passion, like how can they connect with you? How can they find the book? Uh, the book is on Amazon. Uh, you They could go to A Flicker in the Water or my name, Bob Gonzalez. I also have a website, flickerinthewater.com, where they there's lots of information on the website, too, that's not in the book that I think people will find interesting. Oh, really? Yeah, flickerinthewater.com. Not uh, just flickerinthewater.com. And they can get a lot of stuff there. Or they can order it. it at any bookstore. All their local bookstores will order it for them if they want it. Oh, good to know. Absolutely. And so, like, y'all, if you missed uh, that information, it will be on the episode show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, one question I, I wanted to ask, like, did you always know you wanted to be a writer? You know, how did that start for you? <laughs> well, when I was in school, a lot of the teachers told me that I, I wrote really well. And I never thought about doing it until, you know, I was uh, in my 50s, really. Yeah. And I, yeah. And um, I just started to write it down. And I figured, you know what, if if they told me I could do it, maybe I should give it a try. And so I did. And and I put it out there. Lovely. You know, again, it just it takes that just that that one word of encouragement. Yeah. And, like you nurture it. You know, like you talk about that flower, like you nurture it. And like, here you are. And do you have any other novels coming up or, you know, I mean, how are you feeling about being an author? Well, um, I would want to do maybe some sports or some comedy. I want to keep it light. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so maybe I'll, I'll dive into some comedy for the next one. Nice, right? Coming off the Odyssey, which you were inspired from, yeah. doing something a little yeah, lighter. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, um, I hope to to hear more from you, and I'm sure the listeners will uh, as well. And so, mm. listeners, please definitely go and support Bob's book, A Flicker in the Water. Um, Bob, any last words before I ask you my last question? Uh, well, I'll show the book one more time. So, yeah, A Flicker in the Water. And, and that's a signed edition that you have. So how can people get yeah. a signed edition? Well, they can email me and I can mail them one. Um, I'm doing a book signing tomorrow, actually, at my local Barnes & Noble. Cool. Um, but yeah, if they email me, I could send them a signed copy. Okay, so question for you. How <laughs> did you get to do a book signing at Barnes & Nobles for those who are listening? They're like, wow, like I want to do that. Was that like an easy process? Was it difficult? Well, I went to my Barnes and Noble and they, they have local author signings every so often. So they said, sure, uh, come on in. It's just not me. It's a bunch of local authors from my area. And I think the uh, Barnes and Nobles work independent of one another. So some may have them, some may not. I guess you just have to check with which ones. But any of them can order the book, though. 
That is really cool. Mm. All right. So like for those listening and you're just like, oh, I'm going to give up. Let that be inspiration, right? We could be like Bob and be in Barnes and Nobles and doing our book signing. So um, yeah. thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. All right, Bob. My last question is, I love to leave people with a, a prompt, right? It could be a word. It could be a phrase. Something that we can take in our lives to be creative, right? Whether we are daydreaming, writing, creating art, music, whatever. So if you had to leave us with a word or a phrase as a prompt, what would it be? Persistence. Who? <laughs> yeah, persist through the pain and you'll get your gain. Oh, so good. All right, listeners, you got to stay tuned to the end of this episode to see what I do with Bob's prompt persistence. Bob, thank you so very much. I appreciate your time and have a wonderful book signing tomorrow. Thank you, Liz. I really... Her body hits the ground, shaking her to the bone. Air leaves her lungs, dazing her mind. The enemy towering over her jeers as the crowd at his back chant for death. Clearing the dust from her eyes, she looks at her opponent. He stands seven feet tall, and his shoulders are broader than the oxen she has raised. Ella is a daughter of a farmer. Her hands wield weapons that bring life, not render death. Glancing towards the heavy broadsword, far from her reach, she wishes for death to be swift. As she waits to surrender to death, her father's words pulse in her ear. Persistency is key. It was these words that pushed her forward long after his death, long after she was told she would marry for money or fight until the death. Rolling to her side, she readies herself to rise, when a sharp pain makes her cry out. Reaching for her side, she grips the jagged edge of a rock. Keeping her head from her opponent, she grins. Days and nights spent on the farm, she has learned the power of such a stone. It can be a tool of play or a weapon used to chase foxes and other beasts away. She rolls on her knees and looks the giant square in the eyes. He is cocky, distracted, and unsuspecting of the power she wields. When he does, it is too late. She has hit him directly in between the eyes. Silence rolls through the crowd as they name her the victor.